Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, Right to Life of Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. For this month's Faith in Life feature, Mike Cook joined us. Mike is our Faith Outreach Coordinator for Right to Life of Michigan, and we discussed a study by a very noted researcher named George Barna. The name of the study was Perceptions about Biblical Worldview and Its Application. You can find a link to the study in the podcast description. And we talk about why this study is important, why you as a pro-lifer or as a pro-life church should care about it. Here's Mike. Well, welcome to Life Beat, Mike. Welcome. It's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, well, today we're talking uh, our favorite researcher, George Barna, and yes, uh, one of his latest studies. Um, Maybe you want to give a little background uh, briefly on who George Barna is and why he's doing this for the Family Research Council. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, George Barna has for a number of years been a, a researcher. Uh, primarily, his emphasis is in the uh, Christian church, um, uh, leadership, and all of the trends and all of the aspects of Christianity. And he's been doing this for a number of years. Um, so those of us that are uh, in the Christian church and in Christianity that, that work in faith-based organizations, we're very well aware of George. Um, the one really good thing about George Barna uh, is that he's um, very reliable. He's, um, he, he, he doesn't have um, axes to grind, so he's a good researcher. Uh, he doesn't uh, do research to just prove his points. Um, which some research does. So uh, basically, George has been doing this for a long, long time. He's very trustworthy. Um, and he has recently partnered uh, with uh, Tony Perkins and Family, I think it's Family Research mm -hmm. Council. Um, so the big issue that everybody knows, the, the, the elephant in the room, is something called biblical worldview. And uh, Chuck Colson was on to this. Mm -hmm. uh, and so our friends at the Colson Center. And, and so people like Chuck and people like George and others, people like Tony Perkins, and uh, they realize that any successes that we might have um, legislatively, politically, um, in Washington, D.C., or in our own state capitals, um, will depend uh, significantly. Uh, I'm not going to say almost entirely, but significantly those outcomes for moral, just, biblical and ethical decrees are going to depend on Christians who read the Bible, believe the Bible, and then actually do what the Bible says. So Family Research uh, has just launched this um, study, um, and they too, like many organizations, are just convinced that if we are not upstream with Christians, with the culture, with the people, teaching, helping, catechizing, literally reminding Christians what it is we believe. If we're not upstream doing that, by the time we get downstream and we have petitions and amendments and votes and we've got um, voting guides, most Christians will be clueless as to what to do. So, um, yeah, that, that 
I ran, a, I ran into this about, I think it was maybe two, three weeks ago. I think it was released in May. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's a little bit of the background. So, uh, yeah, I, it, we'll start with the top line number. Yeah. And I think it's, it's no surprise. It's not too different from the abortion issue where you have a subset of people sort of on either side, if you want to call it that, who understand, you know, I have a biblical worldview. No, I really don't or I'm pro-life, or I support abortion, but you have this massive gulf of people in between who are just confused and often contradictory. So mm-hmm. the, the top-line survey number is um, 51%, so a majority of adults in the survey claimed that they have a biblical worldview, Mike, but <laughs> when you actually ask them a series of questions, it was like 10 or so questions, you know, drilling down what do they actually believe, you winnow that 51% down to 6%. So just 6% of our yeah. American population, if this survey is good, yeah. has a actual biblical worldview and understands what that means. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, when I first read it, I went, man, that's not surprising. <laughs> and, then, and then I read it again, <laughs> and I went, that can't be right. I said, that just can't be right. You know, Christians... You know, I mean, we, we claim to be Christians and, and uh, you know, we know the Bible or at least we think we know. But, but what's really interesting about this study was that I thought that modernism, secularism, humanism, progressivism would be the dominant uh, shapers, like those worldviews. And those are actually lower than... The Christian worldview. So you, all of you listeners are probably wondering, well, what is the major worldview? Now, here it is. It's called syncretism, right? Mm-hmm. You know what that is? <laughs> it's just a, a smorgasbord, a mix and match of whatever sounds yeah, great. Yeah, right yeah, a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of, you know, a little bit of Deepak Chopra or a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Dalai Lama. Um, and, and so, in essence, really what we have is we have people who think they're thinking biblically, but they're really acting individually based upon what they feel, what they want, what they think is right and wrong. And so this objective bar of, of apostolic truth, which the church has used as a, can, a canon, not as in firing uh, cannonballs, but as a rule, as a canon, as a as a guide, this this guide of biblical conservatism that was never challenged is all of a sudden now very much up to bait. And and really, you and I and everybody out there in the life movement, uh, what's really disconcerting is that even within Christianity and those who claim to be Christian. There are pastors, leaders, and denominations who will literally twist the gospel, twist the New Testament, twist the teachings of Jesus to mean what they were never intended to mean, nor what they historically have meant, nor what they doctrinally mean. And so they peddle what looks to be like a really warm, fuzzy Christianity and something we could all get on board with, but it is actually the diametrically opposed to the real mm-hmm. apostolic truth. And so, yeah, I mean, 
you know, it used to be black and white, or at least, you know, the contrast, you know, like you were with God, for God, and you, and you lived and died, or you were vehemently <laughs> against. But, but now we see this, this expansive gray where people who claim to be Christians are actually promoting things mm-hmm. that, that aren't. And yeah, that's our challenge. <laughs> And uh, this next survey result, you know, is it, this is, you know, the challenge, especially for people who, you know, if you're listening and you're a very committed pro-life person or you're a very committed believer, I mean, I think you kind of understand that if I have this belief, if I have this belief in, in God and eternity depends on it, or if I have this belief that the unborn child is a human being, it should follow that you act on that belief consistent with you know, the strength of that belief. It doesn't, you know, uh, and the abortion issue is either the unborn child is a human being with human value or no human value. With rights. There really is, intellectually, there's no middle ground. I mean, there's no middle ground between, say, the idea that, um, you know, Jesus Christ is the savior of mankind. He either is or he isn't. Right. Um, But uh, 31% of adults, so they ask people, is your religious faith uh, you know, important, somewhat important, very important. I would think that if you have a certain system of beliefs, that that would be very important. But only 31% of adults said it was very important for their religious faith to influence every dimension of their life. Yeah, yeah. And actually, <laughs> actually further down in this study, it was even a more shocking um, stat where one out of every eight Christians does not allow... Or, or refuses to integrate their faith into the decision-making for business, politics, um, culture, education, entertainment. So there's an actual uh, one out of eight will say, um, you know, I allow my faith to determine what's right and wrong. But the majority say, we don't even integrate that faith. So. So the, the biblical challenge to us is simply found in the Gospels where it says, do not merely be hearers of the word, right, but be doers. Uh, we think of the Samaritan woman um, when she was exposed, right? The Lord exposed her, her life and it hurt. It, it wasn't easy for her to admit that she, had been, she, she was currently in a very non-biblical position, but she... Uh, she took the admonition of the Lord, and the Lord brought her to faith. And then if you recall the story, she goes to her own people, and she tells the Samaritans about this man who told me everything that I had done. And what's really amazing about the Samaritans is that they said, we believe now, not because of what you have said, but because we have come to know this truth. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, I know that this sounds really, it sounds negative and depressing and mm-hmm. a little overwhelming, but um, I think that as we maybe bring this to its conclusion, I think the admonition that I have and the hope that we have is that this does not speak for every Christian community or denomination or Christian or pastor, right? This is George, Mr. Barnett does a good job with trends, you know, he he puts his finger up and he mm-hmm. sees trends. Now, we should not ignore these trends. Um, but those of us who are serious, right, those of us mm-hmm. who take it, we need to, like, double down. 
We need to burn brighter than we've ever burned before. We need to teach as we've never taught. Pastors have to catechize like they've never taught. Our witness has to be without compromise. We still have to be loving, right, and mm. merciful. But we cannot twist. We cannot water it down, right? Right, or pretend, I mean, my takeaway is the idea that, you know, church is something, you know, our faith is something we do on Sunday, Sunday <laughs> yeah. from 11 to 12, you know, get home in time to watch the NFL game. Yeah. And then, you know, then our life is football. And then, yeah. uh, I personally, then our life is dinner. I personally oppose this, <laughs> even though I might engage in it every now and then. But I personally oppose it. But I would never hold my views upon anybody else. I mean, that is so anti-gospel, anti New Testament, one, one couldn't even begin to imagine how that theory, uh, but that is the theory of today. And, and you know, we know Jesus is the son of God. He was the, uh, he is the definition of love, right? And compassion and mercy and tender. He came that he would give his life, right? So, you know, the fact that we go out there, we go out there with mercy and love, but Jesus wasn't crucified because he was a good guy, right? Mm -hmm. He was, you know, they, they did not like the commands. They did not like it. And, and thank mm -hmm. God there was Peter who said, Lord, everyone has left you. You know, <laughs> you, you were feeding everybody. You were healing everybody. Now you're talking this tough stuff. Now nobody likes you. Like your church, Jesus, you lost a thousand members, right? Your giving this week is gone. <laughs> and so one would have thought, well, Jesus would have had a PR campaign. He would have retracted, you know, but he didn't. He knew uh, that the remnant will always be there. The true church will never deviate. And, and so uh, we, ad we admonish our followers. We admonish people to love, but, but you have to have truth and love. If you have love and no truth, you have nothing. If you have, uh, you know, truth and no love, you have nothing. So, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other, you know, any other survey results here you wanted to talk about? I thought it was interesting yeah. that um, people, they asked people, you know, what is influencing your, um, what, what helps you yeah. integrate your faith? <laughs> yes. And, yeah. um, you know, 56% said family life. Yeah. And 56% said their personal religious life and 55% said personal relationships. I mean, that should be no surprise. Right. Um, right. That number is lower than mm -hmm. yeah. you would hope it would be. You'd hope those would be 100, 100, 100%, but right. um, very much higher than those other sources, government, business, marketplace, entertainment, obviously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, our friends and our family that, you know, that's, that's who influences us. We, you know, years ago though, you know, they were generally very conservative, uh, biblical worldview people. And so we, we admonished one another to remain firm and, and we didn't say things like, well, just do what you think is right or do what you feel. The other statistic that I don't know if it's necessarily in this study, uh, and, and also this is very important, although, Barna's organization is out of Arizona Christian University now. It's the Center for Christian Research or something. Let's just say that Gallup and Pew and many of the secular polls are finding the same thing. Mm 
Right. They're, you know, like this isn't just Mr. Barna and Family Research just trying to drum up, you know, business to sell books, you know, to, you know, to make up controversies so that they can get a bigger platform. Barna or uh, Gallup and Pew is showing the same thing. In fact, I can't remember if it's Gallup or Pew, but just recently for the first time in this century, membership, vocal claimed public membership in a Christian church, synagogue, or center of worship fell below 50% for the first time. 47% of Americans claim publicly a membership in a church, right? Mm -hmm. Historically, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, it was in the 70 percentile. It has only now dropped mm -hmm. to below 50. And of the 47% who say they belong, half of that actually attends once a month. So, you know, this is not George Barna. This is not Mike and Chris who are Christians saying this. You know, these are secular humanist pollsters who, you know, they've got no axe to grind in any of this stuff. They, they're just, you know, finding out the, the data just like we are. Um, now, did COVID, has COVID helped? No, I mean, you know, people, people were locked down. People got out of the habit of going. Mm -hmm. I talk to pastors every day all over the state. Most of them say, you know, we're back and the people are back. Um, most are telling me that we're kind of back. You know, maybe three quarters, maybe yeah. half, right? Because, you know, once you get in the habit of sleeping in on Sunday with a cup of coffee and a, you know, mm -hmm. Cinnabon, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a great way to spend a Sunday morning. Right, and, and watching a church service on TV... Yeah. Yeah. is not the same as going just no. as tweeting something pro-life is good you yeah. know watching church on tv is good but it's not yeah. a replacement for yeah. actual being physically Community. present yeah with other people right i mean we're, we're an incarnational reality christianity cannot be anything other than incarnational you know jesus touched he he put his hands on people people touched him uh, at the Last Supper, he offered bread and wine, becoming his body and blood for the salvation of the world. Um, I watch a lot of videos online of churches, and, you know, they try to replicate that. <laughs> you know, like the pastor will say, well, now take your piece of bread and take your grape juice, you know, in, in the comfort of your own home. And I, I'm not critical of the effort. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not critical of the effort, but but I am concerned about the fact that we are meant to be in community. We are better together uh, for the only way to love each other is to be with each other. Mm -hmm. So, um, but anyway, uh, but I think this will be posted, uh, I think, uh, on our website or at least a link to it. Um, so if people in want, podcast, yeah. yeah, today and, we're recording, yeah. I'm going to record amongst other things. Yeah. Right. And so if you're moment. interested uh, in more of the details, I think, I forget how many pages it is. It's about, 23 pages or so. It's, it's pretty short. It's yeah. not a long read. No. Um, no. We could put a link to it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then that way, you know, you don't have to just believe, you know, what, what we're saying. I can put a link in the notes. Yeah. I haven't had to do you that yet, a link that. in the pocket notes. You just could. to bring it back real quick yeah. and I guess close this out. Yeah. Um, you know, the, so the, I think, you know, the takeaway is you have 6% of people are firmly behind you, you know, you look at the pro-life 
uh, pro-choice issue, I would say it's about 20, 25% are, yeah. you know, pretty much solid on either side of the issue. And then the majority of Americans are kind of just in the middle. And like I said, you, you got to be realistic. You don't want to yeah. be depressed, but I think no. you kind of have to have a, a chesty polar type attitude about it is that there's people who are very impressionable all around you, surrounding you on every side. Uh, yeah. They're right where we want them. Yeah, because you can't miss. Absolutely. All you got to do is speak truth and, um, and speak it. Speak it humbly and and speak it, speak it with um, a sense of conviction that that you that you not only do you believe it, but but you really believe that this is the way, and that really true peace and true protection for all humans from conception until natural death. Uh, what we're talking about is loving and saving the lives of people. And that, that's a beautiful thing. And we get the privilege. So if people want to fight with us, don't fight with them. You know, that, that really hurts us, you know. Um, our job is not to convict and convince. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. We, we just share in the most winsome, loving way we can. And uh, the Lord will take it from there. So um, have no fear. Um, you know, Jesus went and looked for one lamb. He left 99 because the one mattered. Uh, one little church in one part of this great state. I was up in uh, a very rural county this past week. And I mean, it was rural. <laughs> and I was in a church and it was filled with great people that love God and love humans. And uh, I walked away very encouraged because I thought, here we are in the middle of this very population-less area, but right there, there was great testament, you know, great testimony. So uh, have no fear. Have no fear, yeah. If, yeah. if you're listening to these numbers and if they bother you, go out, commit to make a difference, whether you're, uh, you know, join a pro-life, your local pro-life group, your local Right to Life Michigan affiliate, um, you know, if, if, you, if you're feeling like your church isn't doing a great job addressing this, then address it. Yeah. Ask your start, with a, start with a survey yeah. and tell people. Yeah. Like, by the way, how many people in this room would you think if we did yeah. a survey of our own church That's right. would have a biblical worldview? Right. So, and if, um, if you're a very fortunate Christian out there whose pastor is holding forth really good biblical truth, would you let him or her know that you appreciate that? Mm -hmm. Would you come alongside that pastor, lift them up, and give them courage, and let them know that you appreciate their bravery? Uh, because, you know, the adversary is not going to let that pastor feel good. Uh, so it's really upon us. When a pastor steps out and biblically is bold, man, let them know. <laughs> That's it. All right. All right. Thanks, Chris. Yep. Have a great Fourth of July weekend, Mike. Yeah. Independence. Independence Day. Thank you for listening to this interview with Rights Life of Michigan's Faith Outreach Coordinator, Mike Cook. Join us again next week for our next episode, and I want to wish you all a happy Independence Day weekend. Uh, I know just take some time and think about it. It's not just about food or fireworks or family or whatever it is you might have planned, but it's about uh, those wonderful lines in our Declaration of Independence. I always think of them as the mission statement uh, for our nation. Uh, that uh, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, and among them, first among them, is life. 
Thanks for listening.